Hello and welcome to Heroes Prefer Crossbows, the podcast that is definitely not an illegal crime. I'm Greg Smith. I'm Matt Smith. No, no relation. relation. In this episode, we're going to do the old postmortem on Destiny 2 Forsaken. Is Destiny 2 back from the dead? Question mark. Let's party. three months and we couldn't at first i think we were like what happened in destiny 2 forsaken and then we wrote three pages of what happened in destiny 2 forsaken so i guess a lot has changed and a lot of it we've already started to take for granted yeah we we had to kind of look up the patch notes for the initial update to destiny and the initial release of forsaken to remind ourselves what? Oh, we couldn't use shotguns in the crucible until yeah, exactly. three months ago it already feels like it's been that way forever because especially with the stuff that's like going back to how it was in destiny one i basically just forgot that destiny 2 vanilla existed this is gone from my memory it's just always been like you can just always use shotguns this is how it was you know you know it's a good update when the features are transparent enough that you don't even think about them Mm -hmm. when it comes to like audio production the the best like um Sound design, for instance, in uh, movies and, and TV shows is often the sound design that you don't really notice that is just so engrossing and it's so well suited to the suspension of disbelief that the creators of the film are trying to make that it's just part of that world and part of that universe. And I think yeah. in the same way, a lot of the updates that have been made to Destiny 2 are so good. I think maybe transparent was the wrong word. Um, it, it might be the right word now that I understand what you're saying. Okay, um, okay. It, it also, I've heard the, the phrase, good design disappears. Uh, yeah, and exactly. It, and, it, and the iPhone has often been used as an example of that, where when you look at an iPhone, it's just a screen and maybe a button, and that's it. Like, yeah, at first you're just like, well, they didn't do any work, they just made a rectangle. But really... Um, it's extremely hard to design something that well. It also reminds me of something Edgar... Is it Edgar Dykstra once said about simplicity? Simplicity Dykstra. That sounds right. He, oh, my God. He's the most quotable guy. Uh, I, he's, a, he's a Dutch computer scientist, and he said a bunch of things that I have hung up behind my desk. And um, let, me nice. find, let me find his, his simplicity quotes. Um... Simplicity is prerequisite for reliability. That one's a little more engineering and a little less design, but still. Um, how do we convince people that in programming simplicity and clarity are not dispensable luxury, but a crucial matter that decides between success and failure? You know, it's pretty good. Here's the one that's actually most relevant to what we're talking about today, though. Simplicity is a great virtue, but it requires hard work to achieve it and education to appreciate it. And to make matters worse, complexity sells better. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I it, another thing that I can relate to there is that, like, um, I used to write a lot more, like, when I was in high school and college. And for me, writing short stories was so much harder than writing anything long form. Not that I, like, wrote novels or anything, but, like, um, I would they'd be like, okay, this paper needs, betwe- be, needs to be between, like, two to three pages. And I'd be like, oh, 
I'm, I'm going to write something that's like 12 or 15 pages. I just know yeah. it. And, and in many cases, the process to writing something short is to write something long and prune it down. It can be very hard to make something elegant from the ether. Sure. And I think that Destiny 2 is a good example of this. So Bringing I think some of the things... Right of the back thing, around. Yeah, it's back around. We're back home. One of the things... I. I remember that we were gonna, uh, we have on the agenda to talk about is the weapon system, which I kind of alluded to up front when talking about shotguns. But on the other hand, we also still struggle to articulate how it works even now, and I think that is a case where they didn't quite finish that process of simplifying. Um, oh yeah. But but we'll, but we'll get to that. Let's uh, let's start from the beginning. So I think the first thing that you experience when you get into Forsaken is the uh, the story. And um, going into it before it was even released, the whole debate was, is Cade actually going to die or not? And it seems, spoiler warnings for Destiny 2 Forsaken, that, that motherfucker dead. Oh, he's so dead. And he still talks to me when I do strikes sometimes. I know, and that's it's, weird. It's, but it's, really, it's really unsettling, actually. Um, but heroin. then again, I mean, I always, I'll, I'll never say no to the dulcet tones of Nathan Fillion. I always kind of judge Destiny 2 expansions by the feeling of the first mission because some of them they have nailed it so well one of the ones that I remember got me really really excited was the one where um, you're on Phobos uh, I forget which content expansion I this one I think is. that was the first Taken mission King. of the Taken King yeah. yeah and that one it felt really cinematic which is I think what they're often going for but, like, first mission of expansion is, I think, when they try to pull out all the stops, and that was one time they really pulled it, pulled it off. And I think being in a new setting, for some reason, helps that. It, like, brings you into a feeling of anything is possible now. This is, like, if we're on Phobos, that means that, like, I don't know what's going to happen now, because this isn't part of my experience of Destiny so far. Like, none of my expectations are coming with me, I guess. Well, right. I think, you know, there's always... D Bungie's really good at having every location and every sort of fresh environment that they build have some sort of, like, relatively unique quality, whether it be, you know, a more aesthetic quality or an actual, like, something that actually affects gameplay. There's, al there's always something that sort of, like, the overall thematic uh, emphasis of, of this location. I also think a big part of it is the getting to experience this, uh, uh, you get used to the, uh, the uh, environment design that Bungie does. And it's a completely different feeling to experience a new environment for the first time because then you're actually experiencing how well, how beautiful it is. Yeah, and um, I think we should also just take a moment to stop Thank Bungie's art team because thank you, Bungie's art team. You guys I, are killing it. Yeah, they guys just, and gals. You know, let's let's be honest in saying that Destiny has had a little bit of a complicated history, um, but the art team spot on every yeah, they've, step they've of the been way. Consistent. They've they've always delivered. There's there's been no well, and I don't mean to speak um, ill of anyone else at Bungie. I think. You're doing a great job. It's just I can't believe you said that about everyone else at Bungie. The expansion with the Iron Lords. What was that one called? Uh, that was called um, Rise of Iron. Rise of Iron. The intro mission 
I remember like failed to deliver on this front for me, even though it was a new setting. It was like white and blizzarded, and you were like inside a snow lift the whole time. And I felt like yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I felt like uh, that was a case where they didn't knock it out of the park, and it's interesting as a contrast of like. It did have the return of sexy prime though. It did have the return of sexy prime, which I barely remember. Yeah, I mean that was. I think I think we all looked at that expansion. Um, you know the the inil, the initial Destiny one to come out. It was story wise very underwhelming for most people, and then the Taken King came out the next year, and it was like, oh okay, this is this is pretty good. We're going and, somewhere. And then, you know, everybody had I think really high expectations for Rise of Iron coming down off the Taken King, and it didn't quite hit those same lofty high notes so i think for that reason it kind of disappointed people yeah it was uh, a hard act to follow but I it think was, that was probably it was a big still it, it was still a solid expansion it just it didn't quite i mean it was a smaller expansion admittedly yeah, it was it, it ended up being fun but just in terms of the initial impression it didn't like like it didn't give you that like get you pumped up in the same way right off the bat yes um <laughs> and, and and so the return to the prison of elders was interesting because it got to play this game. It got to have it two ways. It got to have the nostalgia of returning to a beloved location and the joy of experiencing a new Bungie environment design at the same time by basically going back to the Prison of Elders and showing parts of it and showing it at a scale that's never been seen before. And it was such a win-win. Right, because when you think about it, like... And everything we saw in Destiny One's Prison of Elders was such a tiny little part of it. Like it, was it never basically really four rooms and a hallway that goes down. Right. It never really seemed like it was a prison. It more seemed like it was an arena, which it never seemed like a place. Really. Right. It was confusing. Um, when you're in the arenas, you looked up and I was like, "What am I looking at? Am I looking at the sky? Am I looking at a high up ceiling?" Um, I think now that we know what the the larger Prison of Elders looks like, and also what the reef looks like, um, it's it makes sense in a way besides just being a bubble that you shoot in. Yeah, I mean, they gave it a real sense of place that it absolutely was missing. Like, it when you walk into that environment, it's like, oh, this is a sci-fi prison. I get it. Yeah, and I I've always loved the Prison of Elders motif that they use in the loading into it, which is like the. Type of thing. Right. And then, as soon as they played that, like pretty early on, I was like, "Yes, this is this is." It's all coming back because music is always such a good way to connect you to a feeling you had before. Bungie's um, music so that, team that, also knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Um, um, so that that mission was good, and Kid got a shockingly long cutscene. They, I think they like had everyone on the team write down their idea for what would be cool for Kid's death scene, and then did all of them. Yeah, they're like, what if we killed him like five different times? What if he used golden gun and a throwing knife and a solar grenade and stabbed somebody with his unicorn horn and and then he just got to have every like dramatic cowboy hero movement 
moment possible, one after another, until the cutscene was over. It was a good. It was. It was a pretty. It was definitely in my top five Destiny cutscenes, I would say, and uh, some excellent voice work from Nolan North as Cade Six. He did. I mean, I guess if if you can't get Nathan Fillion, you know, it's not a it's not a bad second best to have. Yeah, I th- I. He did well enough that I forgot that it wasn't him, and yeah. that's really the criteria. Um, I think if I hadn't known in advance that it was him, that I would not have noticed. I think I might not have noticed because if I wasn't thinking about it, um, yeah. why would I question it? Like, um, maybe he has a cold, <laughs> you know, that, that <laughs> right. kind of thing. Um, I don't remember. Um, what was next? I guess you you did that, and then you went immediately into the all the other missions where you decided which order to do them in, like Mega Man. Uh, yeah, that was um, actually just played it again recently on PC. Mm. Um, and you do after Cade dies, you do a, a couple of sort of menial tasks for Spider on the Tangled <laughs> Shore. Um, Welcome to the reef. And uh, then he, you basically go on this revenge mission proper. Yeah. And those missions were really, so I don't know why the idea of doing missions out of order is such a, a big deal to people in general. Like to me, it's very arbitrary. Um, but when I actually played this expansion, I think I got it a little bit. I think it was because I had this sense of like, I think if the missions were out of order, but the missions just had titles like The Bad Storm <laughs> or um, A Car Ride at Night. I don't know what they would be. I'd be like, well, it doesn't matter that they're out of order. But for some reason, them being the enemies that you fight makes it more relevant that you choose the order you do them in, even though I can't put my finger on why that matters. But it seems to work better for me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, from maybe maybe it's kind of like maybe it's be kind of like how um, you're checking names off a list like somebody like somebody would it, maybe it brings you into the character a little bit I think like, I think it's exactly that I think that something about like uh, having a list of things to do um, something about like the satisfaction of 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 just crossing an item off a list uh is is uh, is present here um and i think that i think that when you defeat one of those enemies it's it sort of does bring you into the character and gives you a little bit of agency um within that i mean it's obviously not a role-playing game but like you you are you know you are role-playing to some extent when you play a game like destiny when uh, in this book I'm reading right now, uh, "The Name of the Rose" by Umberto Eco, th- there's the quote: "There's nothing more wondrous than a list." Mm-hmm. That was I was thinking that very thing today when I was getting a bunch of shit done at work, actually. <laughs> yeah, and whereas if you recall way back in Destiny One, there were times when you could do story missions out of order, but it was right. they had no th- th- doing them out of order had no meaning. Um, it was just I. I guess, if anything, what planet do I want to be on? But certainly not something that made you feel like, uh, feel feel the relevance of the fiction in any way. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I, 
we could say a lot about how that game was designed and, and obviously its story, <laughs> but um, I think here you you have sort of a, you know, there's there's a method to the madness. Like, you have a clear idea of what the ultimate goal is. It's to get revenge. It's very simple, very clear-cut, whereas there wasn't really, you know, any strong definition between the, the the different story missions in destiny one like they seemed just like oh there's a blip on my map i gotta go do that and it vacuum vacuuming yeah vacuuming just, up got, blips. i gotta clear that's, the map out that's a criticism i heard of mass effect andromeda it doesn't feel like you're progressing through a story it feels like you're vacuuming your rug uh-huh. that's an um, excellent excellent analogy also devastating yeah. um yeah, and I think in a video game, um, the medium of video game is unique because it's interactive. And the more that the story and your participation in it can be intertwined, the better. And sometimes the little things can make uh, can contribute to that in a big way when you do that, when you're successful there. Right, and I think all of the new bosses, or the barons as they're called, um, definitely definitely do that they de- they're the most memorable part of the missions oh yeah even the less good ones were still memorable yeah um the the rider was one in particular where like i don't think that mission was especially difficult or interesting it was just like for some reason i just really remember that being fun and there was not much to it besides you chase a guy on a bike but i, I think it's a it might be a little bit like the good design thing from earlier well, um, it's just a it's just a well executed chase a guy on a bike, and it, and it was unique because I mean we'd never had a boss that was on a vehicle. I don't think. Yeah, um, it, you're right. We definitely haven't. Um, I know, thought we, we only had bosses that stand in the middle of the room and shoot missiles at you. I think you ha- you've had like mini bosses that are tanks, but never like at least not that I can think of. Uh, like nothing like that. Nothing as kinetic as that. Yeah, and it's definitely. It may, like it, it it wasn't as it wasn't a basis that they can then build a like a new style of strike on and repeat over and over because it, it's like once you figure it out you're like oh I can use sleeper and just kill him in three shots from across the map and it's just like n- maybe not a, not a formula that you can use in the raids and so on but just the fact that it was a new experience was was enough to make it feel really good I um recently like i said i recently replayed all these and the one with the trickster um so if you haven't played this this particular mission there the main uh, antagonist in this mission is sort of like a well i guess like a manipulator sort of like a smoke and mirrors kind of character um, sort of a sort of a trickster exactly a trickster if you will um and they make uh fake exotic engrams that blow up and i'd already played this uh mission before because i was playing it through for the second time um and i saw that exotic for the first time and there was still like a split second where i was like (gasps) (gasps) it's gonna be queen breaker exotic like bungie has done a very good job of programming me to (laughs) to recognize what an exotic engram looks like in in both visually and and and, uh, and audibly as well because I think it has like a little sound effect too. 
Your Pav- Pavlov Pavlovian response. Right. Just start salivating when you see that gold yellow. It's a dodecahedron. And then, and then it's is. just fun to throw exploding exotic engrams around. Is it a dodecahedron? I I will not pretend. I won't. I won't even attempt to I, pretend I, it that is. I know what I it gr- is. I, I I just looked it up and I am correct. And um, normally I don't consider myself the type of person to be able to identify platonic solids by name, but today I am. Is it twelve sided? I believe so. That's what I thought. So I liked the the rifleman one too because that was another unique one where it didn't work as well for me because like I just didn't. I don't think. They kind of like designed it to try to get it to be a sniper duel, and you didn't really have to do it that way. But was it still was it, it still like was fun in its own way, in that it was kind of fun to feel like I won by not playing in the game. Like that could be satisfying too. Like sometimes not doing what the game intends for you to do can be satisfying as well. Well, then it's just. I mean, you you kind of feel like you're. You you always sort of feel impressed with yourself when you um, can manipulate a video game in such a way that it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't what they wanted me to do. But as long as long as it's doesn't ruin the fun, right? Um, exactly. There's and a careful in this balance. Case it definitely did. It definitely didn't. I mean, I think you know, lots lots of games are really good at sort of re- rewarding creativity. I don't think it was necessarily intentional in this case, but um, emergent gameplay. Exactly. Um, yeah, that mission was was there a mechanic in that mission where if you took your ghost out, it would start targeting it? Because I forgot I to check mean, if I that was. I, that. I remember that being in in it the first time I did it, but I couldn't get it to happen uh, the second time. So I thought maybe I had imagined it, perhaps. Maybe you I, I had may a well nightmare. Have. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. I know no, it, I, I the 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 rifleman definitely talks about like. Is she, it, like he definitely talks some smack. He's like, "Don't take out your ghost, or I'll shoot him just like I did to Cades." No, oh, that would be enough. If you felt like you couldn't take your go- ghost out, that's very effective. Also, why has no other enemy we've fought thought of this? We take our ghosts out all the time. Yeah, it seems like it'd be well, really easy to kill us in that. They, they had one voice line in there to justify it, which was like, "Cades' ghost was also kind of a." kind of a maniac i don't remember when they said it it's true i wish we could have gotten i wish more of other other guardians ghosts were actual characters the hangman was the name of samuel jackson's character in hateful eight coincidence you decide do you want to move on to the dreaming city yeah let's talk about the dreaming city because goddamn that's a good location yeah it's my I, I feel like this is one of those things that reminds me of like, um, I bet somebody somebody was like, "What's the design rules for the Dreaming City?" The design rule is make it as beautiful as possible and do whatever the hell you want. It felt like it must have evolved from someone uh, pulling out pull, pulling down the red, red tape and saying, "Go go do your best." Uh, whereas the reef did not feel like that at all. The reef felt like it was very defined what the reef would be like. Oh yeah, it's super like industrial and it's purple rocks. Yeah, it's purple rocks. It has to be dull grayish purple rocks with platforms between them. Dreaming City was like, um, well, let's imagine your most beautiful dream of your entire life and 
programming that. It kind of reminds me of like the Emerald City from uh, The Wizard of Oz a little bit, and just in how. I don't remember what that was like. Did they show the inside of the Emerald City? Um, I feel like maybe it wasn't in the original movie, but I think uh, it's like appeared in subsequent adaptations of that story. What? I can't. I can't think think of any Emerald off the top of my head. But City. And so I'm gonna Google search Emerald City Wizard of Oz adaptation. I think it had a much different aesthetic, but it it, it had the same sort of level of elegance. I have no idea what this image is from, but it actually looks a little bit like the Dreaming City. Emerald so. City. I got to check it out. I'm looking it up now. Emerald City, Wizard of Oz. Oh. NB- N- NBC, Emerald City TV show, 10 episodes. That's the thing I'm looking at art from right now. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. Um, so, yeah, it was a great environment. Um, I wish there was more more that I wanted to do there. Um, but the raid is enough, I think. I know the blind, the blind well is there, but I kind of, I feel like I squeezed all the enjoyment out of that already. But I don't know. I think you really liked it, right? Um, I do really like it, although I feel like I definitely don't enjoy it as much as like Escalation Protocol. Um, yeah. Like es- I feel like Escalation Protocol has a lot more variety. Yeah, um, it definitely does. And it, um, it has a lot more like individual tasks within each uh, fight within each uh, round, whereas Blind Well is kind of just like shoot the shit out of everything you see, and every now and then there's going to be an invincible guy that you have to first kill another guy to kill him. You know what it is when I played Blind Well with enough people to do a good job, it felt like it was too easy to not even know what was going on and not have it matter. Yeah, I mean, when you get high enough level with enough, especially with a lot of high-level people, like, e- everything sort of starts to just feel, um, especially that, just starts to feel kind of vanilla. It's like where, in want- e- where in Escalation Protocol, even if you're over-level and you have a lot of people, it's still sometimes somebody would forget to go to one of the gates where you had to shoot the crystals. I mean, there was just yeah, more you- mechanics. Like, there was yeah. just things, you know, it wasn't really just about shooting things, which is... More or less what Blind Well is. Yeah. Uh, the raid has been awesome so far. We've only gotten to the third fight. Um, like just the beginning we, of it. Yeah, we and we only had... Did we only have one session or two? I don't remember now. I think we only did one session. We've only tried it that one time. We've oh, only, we did pretty good for one session, I guess. Yeah. We, and we were doing it blind. Pretty blind. The first session was fun. Do, matching up all of these symbols. Um... And running into the first fight. The first fight. What did I say? You said the first session. Sorry. Yes. The first fight. The, Coley the, first the fight. corrupt. The first corrupted. Uh, sorry. Coley the corrupted. The first fight. I didn't really care for it that much. I felt like it was too. Um, the complexity was meaningless. It was just like, just do these arbitrary things and then shoot the person. True. This, the steps do seem kind of disjointed. It's like, you do A, you do B, and now you run into a Heidi Cubby. Yeah. And it, it didn't feel like a real thing was happening. It just felt like there were raid mechanics I had to do. And I felt that the next fight, Shiro Chi the Corrupted, 
was uh, quite the opposite. It was very clear what was going on in that fight. We are chasing a guy and fighting through enemies to get to him the whole time. And that had a strong... Even though it was also complex and had weird steps, it all, it all felt purposeful. Why are we stepping on platforms to paint a picture on the wall? It's just as arbitrary as standing on plates to get a symbol to change. But the, the feeling of, we need to do this to open the door to get to the next room because we're chasing a guy was enough to make it feel completely different to me. Yeah, I don't think we've... They did a really excellent job in that encounter of making it feel wholly unique because we really had not had any kind of encounter like that. And I can't no. think of any other game that even has sort of that kind of fight um, that I can think I of. I don't think so. I haven't really played... I mean, raids in FPS games are kind of a still a new concept in the universe. It's true. And um, even though there's certainly been chase scenes in FPS games, having a raid difficulty group chase is, I don't know, might be a first. I'm, I'm not sure because I haven't played a lot of other FPS games lately. But um, yeah, it definitely had that, brought back that feeling that I think early Destiny raids had of like, I've never done something like this before. It was. It, I had a similar feeling doing that one to the Death Samboni in the Wrath of the Machine. <laughs> yeah. Yep, for sure. That was that was that was a great strike, and we, we I feel like we didn't play it that much either. Um, the, sure. That raid, yeah. yeah. Wrath of Shit, the Machine. I keep saying the wrong words. Well, I'm told that the the newest raid in um, Black Armory takes homage from Wrath of the Machine. So hopefully we'll get to do something reminiscent soon. Nice. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it's a, a good time. Um, yeah. I think it's a little... Uh, I heard somebody say that it sort of uh, um, substitutes um, a lot of sort of, you know, nitty-gritty mechanics for just sort of nostalgia and, like, um, paying tribute to what has come before. It sounds great to me um, if it means it's going to be less complex and fiddly, which I think, if I have any criticism of the new raid, uh, sorry, of The Last Wish, the Forsaken raid, it's that it does get, it's, it's a little too fiddly. Um, but overall, the experience of, the, the it's in the Dreaming City, a great environment. Um, it has a, another thing that the Wrath of the Machine raid has was a sense of place like you moved along the tower wall and then you went down into a vault um, in Last Wish it's like you're, you're climbing a tower and then you have a fight up in a, on top of a tower across a bridge and like that uh, is delightful it definitely felt like more of a descent than the previous raid um, what was the name of the last raid uh, King the uh, the one on the um, Leviathan. Um, well, there's the raid and then the raid layers. The the right. raid was um, just Leviathan, uh, right? M mean boy, the cup haver, and then there was um, mean boy, eater cup of haver. world, eater of world, and spire, spire of stars. stars. Right. Yeah. I, I think the first one was just the Leviathan. I think you're right. I mean, that was um, that whole you know, set of raids and raid layers. Um, none of them, and granted, we never played the third one, which we should do at some point. Yeah, um, I would like to. Uh, I never really felt like I was 
descending into a dungeon in the same way that I think every other raid has done in some way. Um, which Last which wishes is, you're ascending into a dungeon. I, I suppose that's true. I guess it didn't. It didn't feel. It's. It's. It felt more like a game show than like uh, a typical dungeon encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree. That was something that l- made it less. Like epic. it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea conceptually. It's very cool. Um, yeah. But I I feel like it it sacrificed a bit of the kind of you know nostalgic feeling you get when you uh it didn't have the drama yeah exactly the drama of like going into the most dangerous the most terrifying place has been it didn't uh it it, it supports getting back to the idea of like the mechanics and the the story playing off each other the most difficult challenge also uh, in in terms of gameplay also being the most terrifying place is very appropriate and they play off each other and that's the strength of many of the raids. I think that raid suffered from because I think I think every other raid, there's a boss at the end of the raid that is like an existential threat to like <laughs> to you and to the world. Um, yeah. And in in uh, Leviathan, it's just kind of like this guy invited you here, and he's gonna like he's gonna you're gonna be his playthings basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of like otherwise we probably could have ignored this guy and it wouldn't have been a problem or at least it didn't feel like it was going to be such a you know he he didn't feel like a threat to the solar system in the it, same it way it feels like it doesn't matter right it's like oh i guess we were bored this weekend so i guess we're going to go you know this guy this guy in this giant ship invited us in so yeah. let's go see what he's all about yeah the the feeling that it matters is is really important um want to talk about gambit yeah, Gambit is um, probably my favorite part of Forsaken. Yeah, it, it has to be. It's kind of like some parts of the raid. It's a new experience. I don't feel like I've played a game quite like Gambit before. And when they described it as... in the fact that it's an FPS and puzzle game, if someone told me that and I'd never played it before, I'd be like, oh, that sounds stupid. <laughs> but it really is. Yeah, the, the mechanics are very well designed and clearly went through a quite a bit of playtesting to get it right. Yeah, I think it only exists because of playtesting because I remember reading Bungie talking about how they had this idea, they had an idea of competitive co-op and they were like, ah, oh, this isn't that fun. And then someone was like, what if you go to the other team? And they're like, ah, oh, that sounds really frustrating, but let's try it. And then after trying it, they're like, people are having a lot of fun with this. And so I, fe- I feel like they kind of we're just trying stuff and stumbled upon this great idea, and that's the own that's the uh, that's that's good design. That's following the fun, and not just chasing an idea for the sake of the idea. For those of you who have never played Gambit or uh, uh, haven't heard about it yet, somehow. Um, Hey, don't don't talk down to our listener. I'm not talking down. I mean, if you're listening to you this ass. podcast, then there's a pretty good chance they know what Gambit is. Let's be Fair real. Fair enough. But just to quickly summarize it, it's uh, 
it is a mode where it is two teams of four square off against each other in uh, a, but but they're not directly fighting each other at least not at first they are fighting a bunch of just horde enemies and when you kill these enemies you are given uh, these items called moats which you deposit in a centralized bank and both team uh, both teams are playing simultaneously in the same map but different instances of it and <laughs> Uh, which is a little, I just realized like that is what it is. And it's kind of weird to think about it that way. Um, yeah. You just, just just got to not think about it. Yeah. But, um, whoever gets the the most points first, uh, summons what's called a primeval and whoever takes down the primeval first wins. But the catch is, is that, uh, uh, after at certain milestones during the, uh, during the playthrough, you can send people over to the other side to fuck them up. And sort of like roll back their progress. Yeah, and a lot of it is not just doing a good job of shooting them, but deciding when to go. You oh, can there's see so many tactics. You can see in the uh, the progress bar not just how many moats have they banked, but how many are they holding right now. And you want to optimize for invading when they're holding a lot but haven't banked them yet. And when you bank, you send blockers, so your whole team contributes to creating the opportunity, both both recognizing and creating the opportunity to go over there and set them back. And you know if what? you're really if you really do that well, like the more you put into it, the more reward you get because the ceiling is pretty high on how a su- successful innovation can be. Right. I mean, it's it's funny to me because um the feeling of taking somebody down who has is holding 15 moats, which is the most moats you can carry. Oh yeah. is like the greatest most euphoric moment in video games <laughs> and but on the other side of that if you are the person who loses 15 moats you feel like such a piece of shit you oh, feel so down. bad <laughs> it I is like utter how, shame it reminds me a little bit of PUBG in that um strategy and making the right choice at the right time matters just as much as execution in some cases and also a sense of stake. So when you're holding 15 moats and you hear the invasion, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is the moment that, d- that, that could make or break us. Right. It's so Which, easy for the game to change on a dime like that. Yeah, Crucible doesn't have that. Crucible gen- uh, games don't change on a dime. Um, one, each individual life is probably not going to be so different from the last. Right. Come from, um, come from behind victories are pretty infrequent, I would say, in the Crucible. And um, when they happen, they are more exciting, but they don't happen because you were a badass in one moment. Right. At least it'd be pretty rare for that to happen. Yeah. Whereas I feel like rare. a come from behind, I feel like I see the never say die medal in Gambit a lot more. Yeah, um, definitely. Than whatever the the comparable medal in Crucible is, if there's I don't even thing. know. I, there's, there's something, there's something like it. I don't know what it's called. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's high risk, high reward when it comes to those moats, um, and it really it really teaches you to respect ads because the worst thing is when you have a bunch of moats and then you get killed by ads. Can you imagine what moat would have been like? Sorry, moat. What gambit would have been like if they hadn't changed the weapons yet and you couldn't use shotguns, snipers, and fusions all the time? Oh man, I had I had not even considered that, but it would be very different with imagine, imagine if everybody was just going around right now with fucking um 
what's the gun that shoots the purple explosions that was super hot for graviton for, forfeit gra- right no graviton lance um, right graviton forfeit is a helmet right um, imagine if everybody was just still using that in gambit right now it sounds it sounds like it would well um, i guess we can talk more about the the weapon changes in, in, a, in a moment but suffice it to say ba- gambit benefits from them a lot absolutely i mean As i think it the just, rest of the game it just gives you a um i think gambit has the potential to allow for the most uh flexibility in like loadouts and play styles perhaps more so than the crucible um just because there are many different ways you can be effective and yeah different roles right different roles you can play um i think that's a little broken right now still because of sleeper simulant and weapons like it and also like golden gun it's it's a a lot better than it used to be i think i don't know i haven't been as insanely frustrated by it lately but i mean to be fair, I have not played a lot of Gambit recently, and I can I just remember the right before the patch came out, playing with what at that time was a severely overpowered sleeper simulant, and just feeling like I could not use anything else because I was just at an incredible disadvantage if I didn't yeah. use that weapon. So I'm There's glad two they parts it. of it. There's two parts of it for me. One was sleeper simulant was basically had so much aim assist that you could miss and get the kill it was like how far your cursor could be from the guardian you're aiming at was obscene and the like you could see how much the laser curved to turn it into a hit and it was just like it was disheartening it was i mean like you it's harder to tell when you were killed by it but when using it i could i really got the feeling like hey i missed and it counted as a kill that's just broken right so like yeah they they probably tuned the aim assist to make it effective in other contexts but in gambit um the context is different and so that kind of came to play and i think that is the larger story which is that um the way weapons are balanced weapon types are balanced in destiny is all about ranges um uh, shotgun extremely close range uh sidearm close range uh smg close range auto rifle medium range pulse rifle medium long range sniper rifle long range etc 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 sure um and in gambit you are fighting other guardians in much longer ranges than you were in uh crucible and so basically all of the long range weapons um got Scrutiny in a way that they hadn't been really tested in That's very other true. activities, which is why the the sleeper stimulant being kind of broken in the way it was wasn't an issue until you got into a situation where those types of encounters happened, um, and I think that's really I, I think that's really cool uh, in terms of like opportunities for experimentation with loadouts. Um, and trying new things. Um, I think it might mean that linear fusions are like still OP in Gambit where they're not in other things, but I, I think they'll, I they'll, think they'll it, work it out. They'll I work mean, it out. Anything long range is going to have an advantage. Um, I think recognizing that fact, if Bungie can respond by providing a greater diversity of, uh, of long range weapons, then that might help to keep things you know a little fresh 
they know how to do weapon balance. It's just that I think the new activity meant like it cast a light on an area where the weapons weren't balanced and they were like further from being balanced than they had been for quite some time. Yeah. But they can fix it over time. They know how to do it. I just wish it was faster. <sighs> Want to talk about the new soup? That that good, good, good soup. The good, good, good soup. The that's soup. how we different. That's how we differentiate our podcast. You we say good three times. Good, good, good. That's our brand. Yeah. Welcome it's to not, good, it's, good, good. It's not. It's not derivative. Heroes prefer good, good, good podcast heroes. <laughs> you almost said two cents. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I think. I think that we we can maybe add some more goods just for safety. Good, 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 good. All right. So good, 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 good. Arc stuff blocking is very good, 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 and. Um, Arc Staff, I'm oh, sorry, Arc Blade was always my favorite soup, and I'm, I'm abbreviating super for anyone who's uh, confused why I like soup so much. Some people soup, call but, them ultimates um, or ults. Blocking with the Arc Staff was kind of one of the least exciting super changes in Forsaken on the surface, and I was like, blocking? That's not really glamorous. But what it does to the Arc Staff super is make it feel more balanced because as far as the roaming roaming super goes it's slow and um it was very effective just because it was strong but being slow and strong um, right you open yourself up to just getting killed mid super it made it very opportunistic and it felt very frustrating to pop your super and then your enemies are far enough away that you can't close the gap and then you're just useless um Blocking gives you something to do with that situation, which is I can deflect bullets back at them, or I can block while I bridge the gap, or I can block until they reload and then move up. It kind of makes it less situational. Doesn't change the fact that it's very strong. It just makes it as strong in more cases. I am... I have not actually used this super myself because I haven't played as a hunter since the update. Um... But do you feel a little bit like Darth Maul? Mm, no. I was sort of imagining like the deflection of bullets, like sort of like how they deflect lasers with their uh, their lightsabers. But I feel more like Ewan McGregor. Oh, okay. You mean Obi Wan? Because I just or feel... Alec McGinnis, if if you prefer. No, oh, um, not, not new, pre prequel trilogy Obi Wan is how I feel because he's a good actor and I think I'm not so bad myself. Oh, okay, all right, I'll give you that. Lightning weave is a perk on this subtree that uh, lets you reload faster on melee hit, um, not melee kill but just hit. And I never really paid attention to it until recently. I was just using an SMG and punching things and reloading. I just started noticing it. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, this is extremely fun and good buff. And I just never, or perk or whatever. And I just had never noticed it. So that makes the, the, new, the new Arc Staff super, while not glamorous, has been a welcome addition. The next one, go ahead. I was just going to say, any any effect in destiny 2 that makes your reload speed faster is always awesome like the just the tactile feel of that always feels really good yeah there's some that don't proc enough sure um, i just mean when it actually happens oh yeah yeah when I, 
There's a there's a voice. It's a hunter exotic. I forget which one it is. That lets you. I think it's the same thing as lightning weave. Actually, I think it's just. Hmm. No, no, no. It's not faster reload. It's just it reloads your gun to punch. Like then just like straight up, just punching without getting a kill, just automatically reloads your gun. And that was the most. It's like they're willing to really willing to take this idea of getting free reloads and give you every level of effectiveness, all the way from punching reloads to I don't punching. think I really realized that. Oh, realized what? That that was uh, a thing that it, that happened. That was a... There is an exotic that does that. It's, mm. <laughs> and there's also guns that have something that's just like... If you get a melee kill with your punch, you get a slightly faster reload. So I don't know. They they have like such a wide range of reload perks, but uh, lightning weave I would consider to be a pretty good one. Hmm. The uh, super I was most excited about because I loved Arc Blade back in the day was uh, Void Knife Boy, I believe it's called. Um, I thought it was gonna be my favorite because not only did they bring back the idea of running around with two daggers, um, except with better animations, and also the ability to go invisible and see through walls. Uh, in practice, it just wasn't as OP as I imagined it being. I imagined seeing you through, being the predator, basically. Yeah, seeing through walls, and um, if someone's, f like for example in the Crucible, if someone's far away, seeing where they are doesn't really matter. And if they're close, there's actually a pretty good chance you kind of know where they are anyway. Um, so there's been very few cases where I used it, and, well, like, if I'm going to turn a corner while using that super, I'm going to be ready to stab. I don't need to know that they were there or not. So I don't know. I guess it's not as, it doesn't really fulfill the fantasy as much as I thought. Um, it's all pomp and no circumstance. It was really fun in Gambit early on when people didn't know Gambit well, and I could sneak up on a team and... Like, just stalk the one person with 15 motes and then take him out. But once people got to the point in Gambit where they realized there were only two places you could spawn when you can invade, in effect, right. um, going invisible didn't matter. They would know exactly what to look for. Yeah, I mean, you, um, can, you can spot it after, like, you can get good at, at spotting it, I think, after a while. Yeah. And the other new Hunter Super is called uh, Fire Knife Boy, which is basically a Nova Bomb for Hunters. Um, it's sickanimation.com, uh, <laughs> and there's an exotic for it called Shards of Galanor, which I believe is a Lord of the Rings reference because there was in Lord of the Rings there was something called Shard the Shards of uh, Elendil. Is that it? Shards of that Elendil. sounds that sounds sufficiently Tolkien-esque. Shards of Elendil. Oh yeah, it's totally it. Um, and in fact, the the description of that hunter exotic is. Um, something about it being beyond my skill to repair, which I th think is also like an adaptation of a Lord of the Rings quote. Anyhow, um, that's the one that basically if you get kills with your fire hunter Nova bomb, it recharges your super. And if you get enough kills, it recharges it fully. So if you're effective, you just get infinite supers. Um, and I know other super, Supers for like Warlock, I think, have had something like that in the past. What was it? Do you remember? I don't remember. I played so little Warlock, especially yeah, but, Destiny One. Yeah, well, it's it's nice to finally see Hunters getting some love with the infinite super fun. Um, 
And also that subclass gets to throw three f- throwing knives instead of just one, which is obviously... How could you say no to that? Three is better than one. That's just basic math. It's just more fun, too, because... I don't know. Throwing knife is like... It's fun for... The times you're affected with the throwing knife are really satisfying, but there are I mean, too few and far between. I feel me, like the three the three knife throw reminds me a lot of Gambit from the X Men. Yeah, like the, that yeah, kind like of style, the, like like the knife, like the playing cards, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So you played Titan, yeah? I did. I that is my mains. Um. So, in no particular order, uh, the new void. Subtree, uh, is that the right term? By the way, subtree. I, that's what I'm gonna call it. Uh, that sounds right to me. Okay. Um, code code of the shield boy. Um, actually, code code of the sentinel is what it's called. Um, and it I is. Thought it was, I thought it was code of the shield boy. Code of the, it's one of those two definitely. Um, and this is a subclass that's all about um protecting your team and also outputting damage especially to adds um so the new super puts out a giant shield in front of you um and anybody who shoots through that shield does increased damage um and they're also protected from pretty much any incoming damage it even blocks it blocks basically everything it blocks the chaos reach super from uh warlocks which is an incredibly powerful super um there have been several clutch moments uh, in I think both PvP and Gambit, where I have deployed the Sentinel Shield uh, just in time to prevent somebody from killing me with the Chaos Reach, and it just feels like, oh man, this is a this is a serious shield to be able to put up with that giant output of energy that the Warlocks are able to generate. Yeah, it's really fun when the supers counter each other, uh, like how the Arc Staff blocking can deflect the fire knife boy uh knife super um the first time i did that i just like panic blocked and the fact that i killed the person who was supering me with it with the deflect was such a moment of pure joy i feel like that's something that bungie has gotten better at over time like creating supers that work well as counters to each other i think in the original release of destiny there was just some supers that countered others just because, you know, that was the way they were programmed sort of arbitrarily. But I think mm-hmm. th- this time around, there's definitely a little bit more thought put into it, a little bit more of the d- design philosophies about how the supers interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the other thing that this uh, super does is um, anytime you do any kind of uh, void ability damage, whether it be uh, doing melee attacks with your shield, whether it be um, hitting people with the... Uh, just a melee ability or um, using grenades, you put um, what are called void detonators on the targets, and they very quickly spread to uh, to other people that are nearby as they explode, um, which makes um, makes for some pretty crazy chain reactions. I remember we were playing the um, uh, what's it called the the place where you first get uh the last wish or the uh, wish ender bow the first step of that uh, it's a dungeon i don't remember what it's called yeah i can't remember the name of it either um it's worth we're... calling out that I'm, it's cool that they have dungeons now that's true um that's a very fun encounter um if you haven't played it 
Um, we were playing that encounter for the first time, and there's some pretty serious ad waves um, in that fight, at least in the, uh, the level we were when we were playing it first. And um, I found that I was very, very easily able to just decimate those waves of ads um, using uh, the void detonators from Sentinel. So it's a lot of fun. Also, using the new shield with any of the currently high-powered uh, exotic weapons like Thunderlord or Sleeper, you can just absolutely melt bosses with that. Um, and Do you know how what percent the damage increases using the shield? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there is an official percentage. Um, would you would, would you wager a guess based on just how much faster things melt with it? I I would wager a guess that it probably does like at least one point five times damage yeah. um, to uh, to to anything that gets hit by it. It's um, pretty solid. So. Especially if you have, like, you know, especially in, like, Escalation Protocol, which is already an activity that we're way over-leveled for, and you're using yeah. that shield, and you're using Thunderlord or Sleeper, and you have, like, five people shooting through it, it's just <laughs> comical. It's just silly how fast some of the bosses go down. That's fun. Um, so I really enjoy that subclass. Um, I also really enjoy Code of the, Code of the Striker, Code of, of the Missile Boy. Um, sorry, it is called Code of the Missile. Um, no, Code of the Missile Boy. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. Commit. I gotta stick to this. I gotta stick to this convention. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta commit to Code of the Star McElroy based boy humor. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we don't want to step on their branding. I saw uh, a YouTube video that was every time they said "boy" in the first four hundred twenty episodes that. of their podcast. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Okay, I think I think now that we've done, now that we've we've called, now that we've recognized what we're doing, I think it, I feel comfortable moving on. Okay, good. Um, as long as we're all on the same page. Yep. So the code of the missile boy um, is probably the silliest super that exists in <laughs> Destiny. It, it sure is. <laughs> I've never I've never used it, but oh my gosh! Just when it happens, um, especially I think when you see somebody else use it. It's like, oh, it's so silly. what are you doing? <laughs> the, if you haven't seen the super, it's like the the body of the of the Titan basically turns into a mortar, um, and you just sort of arc through the air. So in a similar way to the Death Room above, and also sort of in a similar way to the current um, melee ability that this uh, subclass has, um, but you can kind of control the trajectory in a way that you've never been able to do before. It, it kind of reminds me of shooting like homing missiles and the original metal, metal gear solid. Um, uh, you can kind of just sort of like there's constant momentum, but you can steer them a bit. Um, yeah. and it just makes for this, you know, the, just the image of, of a Titan just throwing their entire body at somebody. There's just something very <laughs> silly about that. Well, one thing that made it really silly was once the one one particularly silly moment was that I was able to successfully golden gun somebody while in the middle of that, and I feel like it really really took the took the punch out of it to see them not only embarrassing themselves by looking silly diving through the air like a like a Olympic uh, you know ocean pool diver that's what they're called right but also it's just pop you're gone I don't know it's funny. It can definitely make for some funny moments. We can I think edit that out. I, I, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, it, there's, there's also this moment, I th like, I always find that, um, like, if a boss has just a little bit of health left, it, it's very funny to be like, <laughs> like, like, 
I feel like you need a one-liner right before you die. You you dive into him like it's like this is for Sandy or something. I have an idea for how to make the super one degree better. Do you, do, do you want to hear my idea? Exact same thing, except instead of doing the pose they do, they T pose. <laughs> Arms stretched out to the sides, and then they still dive headfirst into the enemy. And they close their eyes when they do it the last second. <laughs> they have to close their eyes, yeah. They're wearing a helmet, so I don't know how. Let's just, let's just say that they do. Yeah, as long as I know their eyes are closed, it'll Ex- feel right. Right, exactly. Um, it, it, the super definitely um, makes me want to use the striker, which is something I didn't really do nearly as much um, at the beginning of Destiny 2 because they had traded making it a very powerful super to a super that could be more uh, could could roam because um, the original strike striker strike was just a boom it's done kind of like nova bomb yeah um, i feel like in that super tells the whole story of power creep and destiny by itself right um everybody has gotten more powerful because you have to offer well you don't have to but it's very common in video games as you release new content you have to make the new things appealing and you make them appealing by making them more powerful than you had before and i think uh, that particular super was okay you used to be able to sum once and kill anyone who was very close to you too. you can run around and do it a bunch of times and also you look cool because you're running full tilt to also your body has a missile and you soar through the air <laughs> right it's like where does it end um, I, I, I can't wait to see what Destiny 3 supers are like and just ridiculous over the top shit um, it basically, they're probably going to add anime backgrounds to the supers Yes, <laughs> but when you pop your super, the game freezes and it just shows a close-up of your character's face yelling. Excellent. Um, That'd be great. The, the last thing I'll say about this new subclass is it has a side ability of um, when you slide into ammo, um, it will automatically reload um, the ammo you pick up. So I've I've found that to be. I've had a couple moments where I've had a shotgun in PvP or, or some other activity, and I have been um, out of ammo for it, which is something that happens pretty frequently if you're using a shotgun in the Crucible. That, f- that feels very John Wick. And yeah, it, 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 it exactly what it feels like when you slide at a brick in, ju- in just the right moment and it reloads your shotgun for you to get a kill. You know what's funny? I haven't seen John Wick. I just say that instead of the Matrix now, and it works. I mean, if, if, if you're looking for cool gun moves, uh, look no further. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the final uh, new subtree um, is, is Code of the Hammer Bro. Um, I was going to go with Hammer, Hammer Boy, but, but I think Hammer Bro, sound, it has exactly, it's got the Mario. It's, 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 it's very unique. Um, it's probably my least favorite of the three Titan ones. Um, the the new hammer super is fun, but it doesn't feel especially dissimilar to some of the other like melee special melee weapons that we've gotten in the game. Like it feels a lot like the axe that we got in Rise of Iron. Um, yeah. It has a few things that make it different. Like you can spin around with it, which is good at clearing ads. Um, but overall, it just it it doesn't have the same kind of like novelty that the other two Titan supers have. Um, however. The throwing hammer that you get, which is your melee ability, is a precious, precious child, and I will give my life to save him gladly. Um, He's my baby boy. Yeah. 
that's that's fun. That's a very fun ability, um, and it's a, it's a nice way to get a little bit of a health regen too. If you're in a, it's it's great when like you are in a one-on-one fight in PVP, and you are both uh, you both have emptied your magazines, and both of you have like a little sliver of health left, and you can just boot a little dunk, and it just like kind of conks them on the head, and they're dead. It's awesome. Yeah, the, the like metal hitting. Like, Forge-type sounds have always been effectively used by Bungie. I know somebody there loves that sound. <clears throat> kind of like when you're... When the Hammer Super first came out, the sound it makes when you pop your Super became f- feared by all. Um, and they continue to use that kind of metal hammer-hitting metal sound in other things. Like, also, the, in the Black Forge, when you throw the... The orbs into the forge is that what they are i haven't done this yet it makes a similar kind of sound anyway i I, it also it also makes dubstep sounds i i've been trying to um destiny in the northeast of the united states has been having a lot of issues the last week and it wasn't until yesterday that i was actually able to get into the black armory in the tower for the first time kicked me every single time i tried to do it uh so um we haven't really... I've played Warlock a little bit. Um, the big fucking laser is awesome. Um, yeah, that's all we know. That's all we know about Warlocks is that they fire big lasers. Yep. And the they also have a healing rift, which is pretty dope now. I don't understand how the Void one works. It is a mystery to me. I don't think we were meant to know how it works. Yeah. All right. So in, in the interests of wrapping up in a reasonable amount of time, do you want to ramble about exotics real quick and then finish with item management? Yeah, we can we can do that. Um, that's probably a good a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, I don't want to make it too long. Um, all right, so I'd like to ramble about exotics real quick, and then finally talk about the item management system. I think we buried the lead here. Exotics, random exotic drops were broke as fuck. It took way too long to get new random stuff, and like after playing Forsaken for many many hours, there's just it wasn't until they rolled out a patch that I really got more than one of the new exotics. And that was, I think that was one month, two months. I don't know. It was too long. Yeah, I, um, I pumped so many hours into it on both. Actually, And I still, I've played it a lot on PS4, and I've played it a lot on PC. And I think between the two platforms, I, th- I think I maybe have like four exotics to this day. Like, it's... I get that they need it to be more like an MMO and that you always have stuff to do, but I don't know. Like, it has to feel good. And I, I want know, to play the new content with the new guns. I, I know when we've, you, we've spoken ill of Bungie in the past for making exotics too easy to get as well, but yeah, I feel like they've the, overcompensated a little bit here. I think they've overcompensated, and I think that um, something they did in... Um, in the past was have some exotics that are easier to get than others. I think that was a pretty nice way to handle this. Yeah, I mean, there's a few that are the exotic quests, and those, you know, the, we can talk about those too in just a second, and the fact that they let's are... Go on, let's just go on forever, and that's all I have to say. They're just slogs. Yeah, they're So they're many of them are like, do the same thing three times with progressively diff- more difficult. So, just give me... I mean, there I were some know. moments that were good. Like, I really liked the final um, part of the uh, Ace of Spades quest where um, you got to... Uh, 
Uh, you got to hear those little codas from Cade uh, talking the, to everybody about if you killed me, uh, X blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, that was clearly the one that got the most effort, and it showed um, not only in the fact that it got its whole story mission, but also just the tasks you had to perform in Gambit of like getting hand cannon kills against invaders. In fact, I think they made it easier so that more people could get it. I liked it how it was before. It was an actual challenge and not just something where you just put in the hours. I want a challenge, not a, like, agenda. Uh, well, agenda's not the right word. I want a challenge, not a time sink. Right. You want to... There needs to be... You Give me a reason to do it. Like, other than just... The, the reason being to get the weapon or Make whatever. it fun. Make the journey fun. Right. I don't want it to just be a grind. All right, so let's discuss the new item system, the way weapons are allocated to weapon slots in Destiny 2. I, I, at, the, at the risk of being reductive, I'm going to offer my summary first. I think, um, that's, I think given the time, that is appropriate. All right. Destiny 2 was like... Kinetic energy, no. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna use the. I'm gonna use the right term. My terminology instead. It was only primary guns and a heavy. Two primary guns and a heavy. It changed the meta of the crucible in a way that was uh, took away those feeling powerful hero moments and made it much more kind of rote and just about. base gunplay skills that were kind of the encounters would play out the same way over and over. Um, And I feel like they didn't, they wanted to create a a hybrid system of the best of both, but really, I really still think that Destiny 1 had it right and they should have just gone back to that system. I mean, Destiny 1 had the benefit of having a system that I think both worked well and also just sort of conceptually made a lot of sense. Um, and the the way we have it now, I think, is better than how Destiny Two began by a wide margin. But it it's still super duper confusing um, to think about, and and maybe that's just because we're used to it being one way, um, and now we're having to unlearn things that we've spent the last it, four years learning. I think uh, there's only a, that's true to a certain point. It's it's definitely also objectively convoluted. Um, and, th- and and the things the things that the complication get you don't amount to much. Um, being able to equip two shotguns or three shotguns, like cool in principle, but they had to balance it so that you're not overpowered, and they did that by not giving you enough ammo, and so it's not really viable. So it's like, why would you do this just for shits and giggles? You're not the real fun of having things offered to you by the game. It's for you to figure out how can I work with this. Like getting an exotic, you can say, "Oh, I can if my if I alter my playstyle a little bit, I can be more powerful than I was before." Um, and I don't get that feeling out of the complexities of this item management system. I think ultimately, when I play for effectiveness, I just do what I would have done in Destiny One: a primary, special, a heavy. <laughs> we were trying to figure. Like we were trying to. A pre-pro on this episode a little bit last night and we um we still found ourselves struggling to sort of articulate how this system worked and what the correct terminology was for each slot and each 
type of am- ammunition. As soon as I figure it out, it slips from my brain immediately. I've ne- never been able to hold it onto it. Like, like I said, we're we're being forced to, you know, we 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 have gone for the last four years with being like, the first slot is is white ammo, the second slot is green ammo, and the third <laughs> slot is purple, and that's and now that that isn't necessary other than the purple ammo um, with the green and white and the kinetic energy slots. That's not true anymore. They can, and and as a result. I think what it does, what that does to me in actual gameplay moments now is I will have like a shotgun equipped or something that for the rest of, you know, for the first half of Destiny 2 was a power weapon. And I've now gotten used to it being a power weapon. And I'll try and switch to what I think is a primary weapon um, when I realized that, oops, I was already using my, or, or sorry, my kinetic weapon. Um, oh yeah, the most confusing thing for me is certainly um, having the shotgun in the primary. I'm just gonna use the terminology <laughs> that might be wrong and not apologize. Having a shotgun in my primary slot, confusing every time. Still not used to that. Right, or sniper rifles, or I don't know if there's any grenade launchers that end up in that category, but but certainly sniper rifles um, and sh- and shotguns, no question. Yeah, and um, the distinction of energy versus kinetic is so meaningless. Besides laser color, right? Um, that it feels like they want. It feels like even in Destiny One, they created these elements that are core of everything that happened. Like all, all your abilities have and weapons have, an, well, not all, but most. They're blue, purple, or red. They gave them cool names: arc, solar, void. They've, it's such a cool idea. Everyone loves that. It makes It's an RPG. It gives them RPG street cred. They've never really made it matter a whole lot. And I think this is another case it's, where it's speci- like... Especially when it comes to guns. I think they've done a better job with it, like uh, accentuating the effects of arc versus solar versus void in like supers and in class abilities and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. As, as far as like the, the, the fantasy of I am a fire knife boy... Um, absolutely. Um, and, and it, if that had no gameplay meaning at all, it would be just as effective. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, the weapons definitely, uh, like it it is just a different color. It's a different, like, especially, I feel this way, especially with like the trace rifles. It's just like, here's a blue laser versus a red laser versus a purple laser. And, and and we know it matters a little bit, apparently, for shields, but not enough that you would ever have to, like, really act, react to it unless you're, like, playing match game or something specifically where that effect is uh, amplified. Right. Um, so it's pretty I, much I just, just that to be one clear, time. Like, yeah, I just wanted to be clear, like, I recognize it does have a difference. It's just almost always not enough to matter. Yeah, I mean the the amount of damage output that you do to something with a mismatched uh, elemental type in Destiny Two, um, you 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 might notice it do you know maybe like with a sniper rifle it takes uh, two shots instead of one shot, but it's maybe in the grand scheme of things it's, that's it's, an extreme oh, maybe even an extreme example. Yeah, um, but sometimes like especially with exotic weapons, that weapon even though it's a mismatched uh, type, 
is just such a powerful weapon that it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like sleeper, like if if you shoot something that has a void shield with sleeper simulant, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're <laughs> the, fine. The You'll die. be all right. Yeah. All right, so that's going to uh, wrap up our show for today. I'm Greg. You can find me as Peacebeard on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, my name is Matt, and you can find me uh, on Twitch uh, as Smith123 uh, and on Twitter as Ma underscore Smith. I should really uh, consolidate those two. I should make them the same thing. <laughs> it should be Mother Smith. I think, I mean, that was sort of the connotation. That was the, the random... Uh, Username, except it was it was Ma Smith, that was applied to me uh, when I worked at Apple. It was it was Ma underscore Smith at, oh. at Apple dot com. Right. So I developed. Are you the okay, are you okay putting out there? Are you okay putting your former employer out there? Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably, it was it was uh, long enough time fine. ago that I don't think it matters. All right, cool. Our theme song our, our theme song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And remember. Good night. Sorry, I tried to help, but I hurt. <laughs> I feel Actually, like this is—I feel like this is a bad sign-off. I feel yeah, we like need a, we need a better sign-off. I agree with you completely. Um, want to want to create a better sign-off live on the show and just actually include this in the episode? Yeah, I think that's probably a good use of time, man. I I, I really wish that "Kiss Your Dad Square on the Lips" was not already taken because that's like the best sign-off here's, of all time. Here's one. Here's one I've got for you. Ready? Here all it right. comes. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye now. Bye bye. Goodbye. How about um, that one's? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I about, think it might. I want. I want to sit on that for twenty four hours and see how I feel. About how about? That. And remember, don't ride an ostrich. They're not good as a means of conveyance. Mm 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 mm. Or how about? I, does it? Should it be a cautionary? I feel like a cautionary, like a warning of some kind. Maybe that's the wrong vibe. It can just be different every time. It could just be different about, every time. Maybe I should just look about, up a random fact. How about this one? And thank you so much for play. No, I need to start over. And thank you so much for to playing my game. For to playing my game. Yeah, it's the end of Mario sixty four. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit! Like, I know that the, you know you know. English is a second language <laughs> for, for Nintendo. But, I mean, come on. You got a copy editor somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, he's kind of a caricature, isn't he? Yeah. Um, okay, well, it's, it's, maybe that's too deep a cut. Um, um, thank you for listening to our podcast. We love you. Thanks for listening to Heroes Prefer Crossbows. A podcast. A podcast. All, all of your base are yours again. No, no. No, no. <laughs> do what we should really do is include uh, like a way to get in touch with us if people liked the episode, because I feel like that's something we're lacking is feedback. Um, well, like maybe how about this? Twi- tweet, tweet at Matt at, what was it again? Ma underscore Smith. If you liked the show... Tweet at Matt and tell him what you thought of it. Yeah. And if you didn't like the show, tweet at me. <laughs> um, I'm Peacebeard on Twitter. 
No, seriously though, um, we're doing this and we we see numbers that come out of it and like some people watch some episodes more than others and we're curious if anyone actually cares or liked it and if what what you'd like to hear it from if you care. Or, and, so. and we are super interested in optimizing our SEO. So Yeah, we don't make money for this. Uh, we're doing this as a passion project. But I think there's no point in uh, recording a podcast if nobody's listening to it. And so... Um, let us let's know what you think. Just shouting into the void. Yeah. So anyway, right, I think that was I think that was actually a good ending. I think we don't need a sign off. I think that was beautiful. Yeah. We Please. just needed a heart, heartfelt moment of humanity at the end. Indeed. All right. See you next time, everybody. Bye bye.